0: Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 38 for Sunday, February 3rd, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt.
1: And John Younger. And we're talking about...
0: Yes, what are we talking about today, John?
1: (laughs) Today we're talking about forced disappearances in Latin America and how that's relevant to our world today.
0: So this is kind of a extension of the podcast that we did, I think, two weeks ago, where we talked about the um, the a, film a "Promise to the Dead," a promise to the dead. And in that podcast, we said the reason that we were looking or we watched that film. Is because we're trying to understand the phenomenon of forced disappearances within the context of Latin America as a whole. So that's yeah. what we're going to be talking about today.
1: Yeah. And uh, the civil war in El Salvador is a very big subject. I was mentioning to you before we started recording, like, I, I would hope that that someday there's a, a Ken Burns style civil war documentary about it. Um, and they're, you know, there could be. It would be fascinating. Um, we we're not taking all that on. We're looking at. The, we're trying to show something about your experience and about the war by looking at it through the lens of disappearances. So that's where we're coming from, and I don't think that El Salvador is often enough linked to a a. What's it's awful to call it, but kind of a trend throughout the region where repressive governments were literally making their own population people in their own population disappear
0: one thing you mentioned to me i think earlier on at, you know in in the project was that whenever we talk about the war in el salvador most films and books and and anything that that's uh, created about the war Looks at it as a self-contained occurrence. It's usually
1: about the FMLN fought the government, and, right. and there are this many. Here's the statistics. Here's how long it took.
0: And and you also said that one thing we want to do with the with this film is kind of zoom the lens out a little bit and look at it in the broader context of other. Uh, uh, of the rest of Latin America. And and that's not something that I understood until I think you sort of pointed me in the direction of all these other films, like the Henry Kissinger film that we talked about and the uh, some of the other uh, uh, mm-hmm. movies that we've watched.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was what's called a dirty war in um, Argentina in the 70s where a military regime disappeared somewhere between 15 and 30,000 people. And we're not talking in a lot of cases about armed, you know, armed opposition. A lot of these people were labor leaders or teachers or people with leftist perspectives Um, and somebody that didn't, you know, they were political killings
0: basically. You know, my, my mother actually went to a, an event in Florida uh, this was a couple of years ago where it, it was about the families of the disappeared in Argentina, and there's this whole group of I think mothers of the disappeared or or grandmothers or wives, or grandmothers of the disappeared that mm-hmm. fought to find their you know to to make these uh, to find their missing loved ones so there was this whole movement in Argentina to reunite with their families and actually this is this is a front page issue on the news in
1: Argentina it's it's you know it's not like a lot of other countries like not that they've necessarily received justice but this this is something that this society has really grappled with and they have not swept it under the rug recently there's been big show trials about this
0: Mm. sorry go on Another interesting connection with Argentina, and I think this is in some of the writing that you're working on, is that when we went to El Salvador in 2011, just before we arrived, a group of forensic uh, scientists, or or I forget what the term is, but they... Probably uh, pathologists.
1: pathologists
0: Pathologists from Argentina came to El Salvador to help them dig up remains of of human bodies. So this was a team of specialists from uh, Argentina that was also dealing with the similar issues as in El Salvador.
1: What's also very relevant to your story is that um, there was a military strongman in Honduras that you're familiar with, General Alvarez, um, who started the unit that did the raid on the compound where you and your mother were. And uh, that military unit was trained by by the Argentinians. It's fairly well-documented and accepted that uh, they did a lot of the initial training of the Honduran special units. So um, it's directly tied.
0: We talked about Argentina. In the previous podcast, we talked about Chile, and and what they went through a little bit.
1: And in, in Chile there was a a coup on September eleventh in I believe seventy three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, a military coup that th- there's a lot of evidence that Henry Kissinger helped foment. He may have let go of the reins at the last minute, but but, uh, but even he has made some admissions about um, his, his involvement earlier on with some of the people that were involved with the coup. And uh, they, they killed a democratically elected president. He was a socialist, but he was a democratically elected president. Um, and they, they killed him. And, and then they imprisoned his... Basically, they rounded people up, took them to the national soccer field, and used it as a camp. Um, and killed a lot of his administration and then he uh, Pinochet sent a general up and down the coast of Chile to a lot of the prisons and he pulled a lot of people out of the prisons, a lot of political prisoners and killed them as well. Um, And I I believe between the dead and the disappeared it was like 3,000 people maybe not, it was called, that one trip, and and not all these people died in that one trip, but but it was called the Caravan of Death and and uh basically it was it was sort of setting the stage to set a tone where opposition was not something that you wanted to pursue you know it was terror um and and so that's a little bit of history on on Chile
0: so we have Argentina we have Chile but I think you know. You showed me this map earlier on, and, and I think we need a better one for the film. But it, but those aren't the only countries, right? So we've talked about Argentina, Chile, and El Salvador, but there are more countries, aren't there, that, mm-hmm. that have had forced. Um, the
1: there are, there are a couple of you know. There's instances of smaller numbers of disappearances in other countries, like those, I believe some Italian journalists disappeared in Brazil, and and you know. There's like there's not as big of orchestrated campaigns, but probably the largest is Guatemala. Um, and Guatemala had almost a 40 year civil war from 56 or 6 uh, I should have this correct. I think it was from 60 to 96, so it's 36 years. Um, and that was a US orchestrated military coup that um, got rid of another democratically elected president. I think that's a, a matter of historical record. Um, and then a military regime was in place and basically uh, there were 40,000 people that have disappeared, up to 200,000 that died during that period as a result of the war, Um, many of them Mayan Indians. Um, Yeah, and Guatemala is very, you know, the other two examples are southern south america southern tip of south america this is you know this is almost this is bordering el salvador um and some of it happening at the same time i think a lot of the disappearances happened in the same time frame as in el salvador
0: well uh guatemala just recently i believe this was the end of last year they had one of their the generals was finally going to be Uh, Put on trial I think his amnesty from the war Was revoked and then he was going to Be he was tried and convicted He was okay so General Rios
1: Montt was basically The president
0: right and he Was tried and convicted And this was big Because it was uh, This was in Guatemala and it was One of the first sort of Major heads of state to To be convicted for These disappearances or this mm-hmm. sort of uh upheaval and war civil war it was but... murder
1: or di- I'm not sure exactly what the charge was but it, it was a war crime and mm-hmm. and then the conviction was thrown out the current president was a military peer of his um and he I believe he threw out the conviction so there was uh, everybody thought there was going to be justice and then that you know that's not turned out to be the case it's really important trial and and uh shed a lot of light on things. It, also in Guatemala, another interesting thing that's happened is so often when we were in El Salvador, everybody kept talking about, we'd like for the military records to come out, you know, that could solve a lot of these cases. If if, um, if we knew what general or what people were in command of certain operations, like operation in Chalatenango where 53 children disappeared, if they could have re- access to records that showed who, what the chain of command was they could pers- and if they could pursue per- prosecutions which currently they can't, um, there would be leverage to get some answers. Um, anyway, in Guatemala years ago somehow a archive was discovered with like a million records. <laughs> um, the, the regime had documented everything or a lot of what had happened and this room just somehow surfaced and uh, so that that's kind of fascinating and something that is talked about a lot in El Salvador but there isn't an equivalent. I believe recently in the news in El Salvador um, generals were asked for records on something and they just said the records don't exist that was the answer I mean this was like last week (laughs) Um, yeah Guatemala is kinda interesting but on this topic because all the you know in El Salvador the war was fought to a stalemate and as a result there's been a little bit of room for activities like Pro Busqueda Um, I mean there's been a lot of resistance too but there's been a little bit of room in Guatemala the military won the war, and there's a lot less room, I think, um, even though some of these prosecutions have happened. There's just, I don't think there's been as many people reunited. So I don't think there's been as much acknowledgement of what happened.
0: There was also that recent article that, you know, made big headlines in the Boston Globe, New York Times, about the uh, man from Framingham, mm-hmm. uh, the ProPublica article. Mm-hmm. Which uh, this this man we, we've we talked about before, but he was. It was
1: ProPublica and,
0: and NPR, I believe. An NPR, what, yes. The it was on. And they linked this man from Framingham back to a massacre that happened in Guatemala. Is that correct?
1: Dos Aires massacre.
0: Dos Aires, yeah. So. Where
1: basically, a unit murdered a whole town of 200 people and threw them down a well.
0: Hmm. So yes Guatemala we're sort of hearing a lot more about what happened and the sort of atrocities of war and but El Salvador we don't hear as much about that and i think one of the points that you wanted to bring up in today's episode was that that people don't talk about it as much as maybe they should you know so in in Argentina it is a public debate about what should be done you know or it's in argentina it's a public debate about the disappearances and it's something that the country is
1: accepted that it happened
0: yes you know to
1: deny it is like it's like it's like denying the hand in front of your face you know Mm -hmm. whereas i think in in some of the other countries where it happened it's not in chile it's accepted i think that it happened i mean the other side might argue, well, good that it happened, you know, was the point we heard in the Ariel Dorfman movie <laughs> you know, like, it needed to happen, I think that in Guatemala and El Salvador the other side, the the point of contention is, well, I, I don't know I'm not so sure this happened the way you're looking at it, or it's not or, an admission of, of right.
0: we're trying reality. to sweep it under the rug as you, you said earlier uh, one interview mm-hmm. that comes to mind is uh, a general uh, from the army in El Salvador, and I don't remember his name, but he sort of
1: was this in the uh, the Canadian broadcast,
0: yes, doc- documentary
1: yes. about pro from like 2005, right?
0: Right, and that's, he says that's... on on the in the interview, let's not go back to the past. like that's behind us. Let's not talk about that anymore and i think we're, or he
1: says they did it too or it's yeah just, it's he, just sort he, of
0: brushes why you bringing this
1: up is the topic you know like right. you're essentially if you bring this up you're gonna you're you're almost asking for violence or something like
0: hmm. or, or bad was, things will happen if you bring this up right or mm-hmm. and That's, and I think one of the things we would love to kind of contrast is his, his statement about, oh, you know, this, this happened, let's not relive, let's not open up old wounds. It's over and done with, with the interview that we did with Suyapa, where you can see that this wound hasn't healed, that it's still open. And, and. That's something Mm -hmm. that Ariel Dorfman talks about in his film, too, that the the act of disappearing people creates this this wound that never heals, that never goes away. So
1: it's like they did the worst possible thing. And that's why they did it that way was to terrorize people. And it's 30 years later and it's like and you're denying something that feels like happened yesterday to these
0: people. Right. And that is kind of the the heart of why the disappearances are, are, you know, one one of the worst forms of terror or whatever we're we're gonna call it. You know,
1: I think terror is an appropriate word. Yeah, I mean, there's the story of one of your friends from Massachusetts, uh, Susan Burghouse Norton, right? Yes. Where basically the army came into the hamlet rural hamlet where her parents live and the parents had like eight kids and they they were gonna leave with one of them <laughs> and they're like here's this little girl who's two years old or something on a on a hammock and these she looks cute I'll take her and the implication like the mother's like no you won't and the implication is well okay I'm gonna take more of them or I'm gonna kill you or like until you say yes you're risking a lot more than just this one kid is the implication and that's um it's a sophie's choice is that the phrase for it it's like which kid are you going to pick it's it's insane um it's terror as definition i think
0: yeah and i think and that's something that suzanne struggled with and, and she did this interview for phr in 2007 and it was right after she had given birth to her first child, and you can see how you know now that she's a mother, she gets it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, and I think that I've said this over and over again, but the hard part about being reunited when you're from El Salvador is is not just that you get to see your family, but when you learn about these are not these are not uh, adoptions like. Right, Like,
1: you, oh, I got adopted, and these are adoptions during war um, by people this, who are separated by acts of violence.
0: Yes, and so when you learn about those circumstances, that takes a very long time to, to wrestle with and deal with, and, and I don't think you ever get over it, as we've talked about, but just to sort of accept that this is, this is what happened. So is that a good place to end it for today's episode? I think so i think uh
1: I mean I just i mean a little bit of this is free association for me right mm. and uh and still sort of finishing out this section on taking your story and giving it the greater context of disappearances in general and then getting into specifics of of the testimonies basically of of uh disappeared children of El Salvador and then you giving your testimony and I, I just think it helps to reiterate for for the process um, what we're doing and why it's why it's important and uh, I don't know
0: yeah so we're we're talking about uh, the second act of of the film and we're mm-hmm. trying to uh, you know during the week in El Salvador I interviewed many of the other disappeared children and I had them tell me their story and so what we're what what you're trying to do with that with that act 2 is not only to share their stories but then put my story within that context of how it relates to the other disappeared and the disappearances throughout Latin America and we've talked about this before but the idea that my story is somewhat of an outlier Mm -hmm. but because it's an outlier you get to understand maybe it's instructive right the the rest of of the context better so Mm
1: -hmm. there you go very well put
0: all right so you can look forward to that when the film comes out in a few (laughs) months there you go all right well that does it for this week uh Thank you so much for joining us. As always, um, we're getting a lot of feedback and suggestions for uh, episodes to come. Thank you for those. We're going to uh, you know, turn them into podcasts. We have a lot of ideas uh, for this uh, new year, and we're v- very excited to be here. A few more months, you know, we have some more work to do, but hopefully we're going to get this film in your hands very soon. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye.